The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hey everyone, welcome to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. As always, I am Darren Karp and I'm here with Liz Cully, who oddly enough, and I know you guys can't see this, but for those who have been listening to us from the beginning, Liz is a Glamazon. We talked about this with Taylor Strecker yesterday. I am not, but today... I am the Glamazon of the two of us, even though I'm not glam. I just happen to have makeup on. Liz, you're pulling a Darren Carp today. What's going on? I'm just tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I went okay. to this like cannabis event last night, which uh, I feel like you should have been why, at. Why are we not in reverse roles in our lives? Like because you live in New York, I know. But like, why am I not like living in your footsteps? Like because I don't you, know. you barely care I'll about give, this I cannabis stuff all, as much. I give you all the weed anyway. I know. Well, that's true too, and I don't have to put any other work. What was it? Was it like a cannabis dinner, or it was for no? A- it was this like for this brand, which I can't. Sorry, remember the name. And actually, it was you'll laugh. They asked me to come as an influencer and they like walked me on the red carpet and like walked me in and I had like handlers and stuff oh my god amazing and which I felt really kind of like they know that you're nobody right they know that right (laughs) you're you're you're, (laughs) I guess and um, I love trolling you (laughs) I don't know favorite thing no I know I was like what I mean let's just put it this way if I was a straight stoner girl last night and single last night would have been like my heaven I mean I was super overdressed it was all dudes in like flannel shirts with tattoos that worked in cannabis that probably have like allegedly two hundred thousand dollars in cash wait a minute under their bed wait a minute though very is it the fact that you're bisexual like that you're not straight and you're bisexual that made it or is the fact that you're married and you really couldn't enjoy you weren't living the best of your life like i'm just saying like i i know i mean like i am kryptonite to those men i'm like a curvy (laughs) white girl at a cannabis event they were like what the hell is this but i'm saying it was not a good night for them because i mean if i was on the prowl and right. a different person, I would have, I would you have really been hearts, the moment. breaking hearts left and right, is what you're saying. So no, I'm just tired. I just, um, <laughs> last week was a big week. I'm just tired and I don't have any makeup on. I also need to like let my skin kind of chill from makeup yeah. here and there. No, I always need to have that happen because my skin has been breaking out, especially when it's that time of the month. Did you smoke last night or did you eat weed? Neither. I didn't do either because I just wasn't really in the mood. I didn't drink alcohol. Like, it did it's, nothing. It's a waste I just went on sober. It's literally no, wasted No, I have a whole you. bag of weed, and I'm keeping it for. Do you dab? I got all these dab things. I'm like, whoa, oh, dude, dab. No. Darren will dab. Darren will do whatever you need me, Darren, to do. Great. Well, next time you come and visit, you got a whole bunch of weed sitting right Thank here you. for you. Now I can be best friends with you again, and I'm back in. You're back in my good graces, rather. But we actually have a lot to discuss because the okay. Olympi- Olympics are happening or whatever. But before we kind of get into that, can I just say? I'm starting to watch my unorthodox life on Netflix. And this woman who's like, you would know because you're into fashion. You know, she runs like the elite modeling agency or like this. Yeah, it's like one of the biggest modeling agencies in the world. But I don't know this stuff. Like you're a Conde Nast. Like you know things that I don't know. And I'm okay with saying that you're smarter (laughs) than me in a lot of ways. But anyway, she lived in like this really religious, orthodox, Hasidic community, which is obviously like 
this kind of leads into our Olympics conversation, but it's obviously women are very modest. You don't get to show a lot right. of skin at all. She has kids. She decides to leave the community she lives, and she's like running this, you know, this model conglomerate or whatever, making bank, living in Tribeca, living off. Yeah, this, she's rich as fuck. She's rich From as the fuck. promo that I saw, that's what oh that God. looks like to and me. And also so fucking cool. And granted, I'm only in the first episode, but one of the daughters is by, and she's like, she gets set up on this blind date to go on with this woman. And she's young. Like, she's not our age at all. She's, she's like, like 16. Yeah, right? yeah. I was going to say, like. Who gets fucking set up to go on a blind date when you're 16? Dude, this new well, generation. Television. These new, But also television. this new generation of kids. Like, they just. I could see them doing that. They're like, someone DM'd me or TikTok Snapchatted me. And I think they'd be good for you. Like, that. I just feel like the new generation so much older than we ever were. Like, they're older than we are now. Like, they like know. What happened to, like, going to the mall and, like, meeting right. some person at and go the, to the like, movies right yeah we don't do that anymore that's not a thing like we don't do that anymore. well no one goes to the movies but anyway but... so she's like well you know like i told my sister that i'm bi you know ish and the mom's like you're not bi-ish you're bisexual be proud of it i'm proud of it i want you to dress Love up it. sexily for this woman like it was an ind- like just to see this especially with just like a lot of the repression that we can talk about especially with like fundamentalism and religion um right it's it was incredible and just I I think that as a bi woman uh, you should watch it but everyone else out there I think should watch it and uh, you know all this like kind of modesty talk about the wardrobe I wanted to kind of get into the Olympics because are you watching right. the Olympics I am watching I actually okay. watched the skateboarding last night uh, which did you watch the girls I know- did you watch the girls. I didn't yet. I watched the boys. The but boys are terrible. The girls are amazing. The boys I are know, awful. The boys were fucking up left and right. But left and right. I, I know that Scissoring S-I-A-T podcast is on TikTok these days. And you're running that, which means you're very much on TikTok. But I didn't know if you had seen the TikToks where it's all the girls being like, I wasn't watching the Olympics until this. And it just shows like all the ha- the hot skaters. <laughs> They're just like one after the next. Like they're all just like so hot. But yeah, you're right. I watched them and they were all just like whiffing. Do you ever every know? single? And I turned to Nadine, who's a skater. Like she grew up skating. Like like knows all this stuff. And I was like, a I feel like I see boys in the skate park that are doing way better tricks than these guys. Yeah, like fair. And let me just tell you, there's like a 14 year old girl from Brazil who fucking killed it. And mm-hmm. all the girls are amazing. But do you ever notice? How in skating, and skateboarding specifically, not figure skating, but in skateboarding that, like, everyone has the same style. Like, in... Well, yeah, in, it's called skate style. But, like, in gymnastics, it's not like that. In soccer, it's not like that. In baseball, it's not like that. Like, everyone has their own individual style. But skaters, their uniform is actually what they wear. They never Fair. deviate. It's, like, high socks, vans, baggy pants, baggy Or shirt. Nike SBs. Or Nike SBs, but like a short, low flat sneaker, never a high top, high socks, shorter pants that they roll up, obviously, so it doesn't hit the skateboard. And I get that. You don't want to trip on your feet. And then like a baggy shirt. And like, that's it. Like this skating style has never, yeah, it's never changed. It's just never changed. Um, but okay, so it you're wa- broke. I guess. Yeah. So you're watching skateboarding. What else? And I watched the diving yesterday. And yeah, I'm like, I'm 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 tuning in. I watched um, Taekwondo, both female and male, yesterday, which yeah. is like so which, random. And I had to really figure out. I'm like, how are they scoring points? They just look like they're like kicking in the up. air, like or they kicking each other look, like out of the ring or whatever the hell that is. Yeah, but also like Taekwondo looks like how I used to fight with my brother, like where we just try to like 
kick and it's very like also random. I, I thought you just said Dyke Quando and I was like, that's the new name of our podcast, Dyke Quando. <laughs> um, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I never understand, even in fencing, like I don't really understand how people get points. Like that's not the point. You're just kind of watching Different it. points for heads, different points of the body. I figured it out. Okay, there you go. I mean, that's, you know, Karate Kid at its finest kind of here. But uh, I don't know what's been happening. I mean, I've been watching the Olympics, but what I was going to say is like gymnastics is the sport that I've been watching when I was a kid. It's like gymnastics and figure skating. And we sure. all know Simone Biles has removed herself from the Olympics due to, I think it was mental health is what it was. she cited. It was anxiety. She wasn't feeling... Her best. And the thing about it is, is like, you know, gymnastics, like you can break your neck and you can die. She <laughs> like, does. She does like the triple yeah. Levachenko sure. twist. And like if you land half an inch off, you're paralyzed for the rest of your life, which is why 100%. people, and which so, is why people don't do it that often. Yeah. Except and for she, her. Yeah. Removed herself and, you know, talked about the anxiety and she just wasn't in the headspace to do it. There was a lot of pressure on her. And right. You know, I I'm I really respect it. You know, it's just been an interesting Olympics. Like outside yeah, like of the Naomi, like lost to number forty two. Well, that's the thing. Like we don't even lose in gymnastics, right? and we're losing. Like everything is just kind of like topsy turvy in a lot of ways. Yeah, but big time. There's been a lot of obviously the COVID thing. You know, we had a few athletes uh, couldn't go uh, due to COVID restrictions. You know, they're taking care of their daughters or their sons or their children in any sort of way. But there's been some interesting things actually coming out this week. Um, so my story is actually about the German gymnast, and I'm not sure if you heard this, but, you know, gymnastics uniforms, for those who haven't kind of seen and are basically leotards. I mean, they're like one-piece bathing they're suits. They're one-piece bathing suits that they glue to their body, essentially. And then they, you know, sometimes have long sleeves. But for the most part, like, it's full leg. And you get to see these girls just incredible muscles. But the German gymnast this year did not wear the unitards one-piece bathing suit, as we were calling it. Uh, instead, they, they, they sort of wore these outfits that are, like, pant leotards, if you will. So it's more full body. I mean, I'm assuming it still gives you kind of the same performance aerodynamics or whatever but they actually wore these as a statement against the sexualization in gymnastics and the aim is to present themselves aesthetically without feeling uncomfortable uh which is really interesting and you know I I guess someone from the team said we decided this is the most comfortable leotard for today that doesn't mean we don't want to wear the normal leotard anymore it's a decision day by day based on how we feel and what we want and they'll always decide but it's sort of against this sexualization of these young women and I was curious what you thought about that and if you thought that like there is this over sexualization I mean obviously we know the terrible story with Larry Nasser and a lot of at yeah. least the U.S. gymnasts coming coming out of that but uh what do you think about this protest as a protest I mean listen I think if it doesn't affect their ability to perform then who cares you know what I mean like it should be fine we also saw pink has offered to pay these like sexist fines uh, the Nor- to the European Handball Federation, who um, is fining the Norwegian beach volleyball team about uh, like $1,200, $1,300 because they wore shorts instead of like bathing suit bottoms. Right, right, right. And which, which the boys wear shorts, so why can't the girls wear shorts? I don't think if... if it, I, to I, me, I like, think- I would prefer wearing shorts. Like, I would, I like, that's what doesn't make sense. Because for me, it's like, 
I do. Th- I mean, I do, listen, I, shorts of any kind, personally, for me and my body, I do not, no, they I give me extreme anxiety. Um, but I think we're just getting to a point now where I think these archaic, like, rules set by, you know, age-old institutions sometimes need to be reevaluated with the changing times, right? Like, if they can wear these full-length bodysuits for gymnastics and they're not hindering performance maybe they're making people feel more comfortable so that they can perform better then I don't understand why that can't be looked at same as with the beach volleyball like if they feel uncomfortable because like we've all worn like small bathing suit like one Even little a move score, and it's like, like your vagina your labia as you love to talk about labias I love a labia, labia your, la- your labia is just out your menorah and your majora can be out there and we don't want any I mean like maybe you want that and that's cool I'm all for that but you're right I mean like even if it's I understand now as someone who's a fan of sports and as an athlete that like you want to wear the uniform, you know, a, you know it's like a strict rule like in tennis you know what I mean like sometimes you can only wear all white to a certain court there's certain rules in certain sports, you know, like a lot of golfers aren't going to come in in flip-flops, you know, that's not going to look cool. But with this type of sport, especially because A, it's not affecting their performance at all, and B, it's clearly a team decision, why would they find them? Like, I'd really be curious to see, and this is, it always happens with women that I feel like these changes get made, and maybe that's, and I wonder if men were like, you know what, we're going to wear skirts from now on. Like, I really wonder what that would look like. And I wonder what the flip side of that would be like. If that happened, would the Olympic Committee have to kind of pay attention now? Because it's men being like, we're going to wear skirts. If it helps performance and they feel more comfortable, I would say the same thing as I just said 30 seconds. Like, whatever. Right. Aren't there like bigger motherfucking fish to fry? I mean, yes. That's just what I have to say. I would think there would be bigger fish to fry and just in general with this but like it always just seems to be women who are on the front lines of this and granted I think I more agree. people sexualize women than men but I don't know it's just like I just kind of want to see a guy do it once I just want to see a guy do it once I want to see a guy make that protest for the woman not that women need that help in any sort of way I think that we're strong I'm just saying what are they gonna do if on the reverse the guy was like I want to wear a skirt I don't think it's about that we're not strong. It's more like I think what you're saying is that you'd love to see some allyship there. I would like to see some allyship, and I'd wonder if that would change. And if it wouldn't change, I think that I think that it would be more controversial and it could be addressed maybe in a better forum if some different allies did this as opposed to always it being the woman and the female teams that happened to do this. I don't know. I, I agree. Just, I just thought it was really interesting. But uh, our next guest is kind of interesting in their own right and I think I I, yeah I mean I certainly learned a lot you know I did too uh I can't look at you the same way ever again or myself in the mirror ever again and I I don't want to spoil the episode uh, well don't spoil it don't spoil it I won't Uh, but Darren and I got new drag names that are really descriptive of what we of our physical appearance um we have Desmond is amazing who is a viral sensation this young young person is a uh, drag performer really, you know, trying to galvanize young, you know, Gen Z drag performing, which is great. And I think really on the forefront of seeing how uh, they can build a movement online and connect and encourage 
you know, performance through drag for young people. It was a pleasure speaking with Desmond. Um, and you know, we also got to meet his birds, which was cool. There are a lot of birds in there. And, and, and we don't want to spoil how many birds there are. Uh, but Liz and I learn how many birds there are. But one thing that was very touching about Desmond, I think, is the relationship that Desmond has um, with his mother and just like yes. undying support there. And I think at any age, you know, we kind of usually we talk a lot of we could talk crass on this show. And sometimes we kind of get down to the nitty gritty and sexual positions and things people don't like. And we kind of talk about different different generations of people but this was our first real interview where I was talking to someone much younger than us and to kind of see the perspective of what's happening in the world through their eyes was just wildly fascinating and the support that Desmond has around him I think is really inspiring and so it was a interesting conversation to say the least I've never laughed harder I mean it was hysterical and yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, Desmond has a bright future. We will definitely be watching what, you know, unfolds in the next few years as uh, Desmond matures and their drag change. You know, it's just it's fun to talk to kids, basically. Yeah, I was I had to hold my potty jersey mouth uh, in and I was trying to be on my best best behavior here. But Desmond didn't seem to care how ridiculous we were and just kind of let us be us, which I guess is the moral of the story here. But uh, without further ado, let us present Desmond is amazing. Well, without further ado, let me introduce Desmond Napolis, stage name. Desmond is amazing, and I am sure I will agree with that statement by the end of this, is America's teen drag superstar. They are an award-winning LGBTQ advocate, outspoken gay youth, editorial and runway model, casual public speaker, performer, designer, actor, and published author. They are the founder of their own youth drag house, the House of Amazing. Desmond is the author of Be Amazing, a history of pride for Macmillan Children's Publishing Group, and they are currently working on developing a podcast and building an online social network safe space for lgbtq teens their motto is be yourself always welcome desmond is amazing to scissoring isn't a thing hi how are you doing well you are far too young to be this accomplished it is quite intimidating for liz and i so uh we are we are lucky to have you today thank you so much i'm sorry about the birds don't oh, worry about I it. Love a bird. I mean, uh-huh. Desmond, we like to start every single episode with giving our guests the opportunity to let us know how we can identify them. Do you mind yes. giving us your pronouns and how you would like us to identify you? Just call me any pronoun. I don't care. Um, and just call me Desmond. Okay. Amazing. Great. Well, thank you. And are you in California? Are you in Paris? Like, where are you right now? In my house. <laughs> oh, okay. You don't seem as pleased with that as you would be Paris, Desmond. Am I, am I reading this correctly? <laughs> I'd rather be in London. Oh, Ooh. London. London's a good one. So Desmond, I got to tell you, first off, your Instagram is like my new favorite obsession. Just like the art and the culture combined on yours is just absolutely incredible. I love Coney Island and you like fit right in with the whole thing. Uh, how did you first get into drag uh, for you? And 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 for me, because I'm sort of a, a novice, I just got into RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, Liz got mm-hmm. me into it this season. So I'm a little bit ignorant in this. How do you start your own house of something? So walk me through that a little bit. Oh, uh, well, it hasn't officially been started because we were supposed to start it, uh, but then the pandemic hit. So we're hopefully working on it 
next year, this year, um, because since the pandemic is kind of coming to an end. So I'm not sure uh, about the last part, making a house, because technically it doesn't even exist yet. And my mom's going to help me make it because uh, she's really good at like coding and computers uh, on websites. But um, I first got into drag when I was um, two and my mom would watch RuPaul's Drag Race and I would watch it with her and I would like, you know, use blankets and towels and all that stuff to, you know, make me feel beautiful. And yeah, that's when I first started drag. Who was a drag queen that you were watching on RuPaul's Drag Race as a, as a really little kid that you really resonated with or that, that you just looked up to and loved? Jinx Monsoon. Oh, okay. And, and is that still your favorite yes. drag queen? Okay. And have you guys met before? Uh, yeah, I was in one of her music videos five years ago in 2015. What music video? Bake and Shake. And so wait, I got to ask you this. Did you watch the season of, of RuPaul's Drag Race? You no. watched this. You didn't. No, it got boring. <gasps> Talk us through why it's boring. Oh, uh, well, it's just the same. Like they're all like, um, you know, the same challenges, but different like varieties. I just felt repetitive. It was a little, I'm going to be devil's advocate here because they were a little different this year and did a couple of different things because maybe you are right. It started to get a little bit stale or repetitive, I think, as you would say. But what do you think? I mean, are you like an all-star or do you kind of like all-stars more than regular drag race or is it all just kind of boring to you now? Mostly all boring to me. I like, you know, watching, you know, Dragula instead because, they use like so much makeup and like prosthetics and they don't just put like on eyelashes or uh, just like a a pretty face of makeup. They're like making themselves look like a monster, but I don't think there's going to be another Dragula season. Uh, Mm. So I don't really watch anything drag related nowadays. Where did you learn how to do your own makeup? My mom. Creative family in that. Very creative family. But let me ask you this for, I know you don't watch a lot of drag, but in in Mm -hmm. terms of that, when you, when you were kind of saying that and they transform themselves into monsters, which seems really cool, is drag for you or should it be about feeling pretty or is it like a transformation of yourself or is it both? I mean, what's Uh, involved in it? I think it's more of a transformation of yourself. You get to, you know, play another character and someone who you aren't without, you know, the makeup and the outfit. Um, and when you have the makeup and the outfit, you can, you know, be that persona. That's a good point. I've watched your music videos. It, feel, it feels like you're really into music. Where do you get your inspiration for your music from? Like who helps you write the songs or does nobody help you write the songs? What What's the process there? Well, we made that song like years ago and we couldn't release it because I didn't like one of the parts. Um, and we weren't able to cut it out, but then we eventually got it cut out. And at that time it was just, you know, I just wanted, you know, like a, like a very high energy song. So that's what inspired my song. And yeah, I'm glad it finally released. What is it like for you? I mean, obviously in just in terms of drag, you're a little on the younger side, I'd say than some of your contemporaries. Yeah. Like, who do you look up to? I mean, cause it, it might be hard in some sense, looking up to some of these drag queens that are so much older than you, like generationally, you might not have that much in common. Like, who do you look up to? Is, is it drag queens? Is it different people in the industry? Is it yourself? Uh, Like, I think it's different people in the industry and, you know, all the, you know, differences and like creativity. So I really don't have one exact one because they're all inspirations to me. 
Also, I'm so sorry about my bird. I'm so sorry. No, oh, I, that's I okay. I mean, never I, I actually like for the, an animal. I like yeah. the sounds. Um, it's good ambiance. Okay. Yeah, very good. So, yeah. and and what about kind of your fans? Do you feel like your fans like? I know you, I know you haven't started the house of amazing yet, but was that really a reaction to younger people looking up to you and you kind of wanting to put together a house of younger drag performers? Yes. That was the whole point, um, to make it, you know, like that. And of course my fans are my biggest inspiration besides all the other people that I look up to in the industry, but my fans, they are my number one inspiration because they keep me going. I love that. And and as you're building, as you're creating House of Amazing, how do you, do, can anyone be a part of it? I mean, if anyone's like, loves you, wants to emulate you and wants to be a part of your vision, is there a certain criteria that you need or anything like that? Or is well, it- you have to be under 18 and you're going to have to go through a big process of security. So, you know, no one, you know, disgusting people get on there. Um, no catfishers. Yeah. No catfishers. No. Well, I mean, that's going to be probably one of the coolest houses. I mean, I, I yeah. wish I was under 18 so I could join it because it does seem like it's it's going to be awesome. And, you know, you sort of were talking about how your fans, you draw I mean, the you most. You can join it if you want to, but you're not going to like get like exclusive things, like just in case, you know, some of the uh, adults don't chat with the kids. But yeah, we'll see. Hey, I just want to be a fan and watch, watch yeah, it we grow. Can just be and fans. We want to just look at it from afar. Yeah, but- I want to keep it very secure and, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm for this. I like yeah. the secure under 18 yeah. place. Well, because that's why I kind of asked you about, you know, why you were putting the house together because yeah. drag traditionally you have to go to a bar where, which means you have to be over 21 and plus, like there's not a lot of outlets for the, for younger people to interact and, and see drag because it's such an adult quote thing. So it's yeah. really cool that you're creating a space for the art of drag to then be accessible to younger people. Thank you. You're welcome. And, you know, we were talking, you said that you draw inspiration from your fans. When your fans reach out to you, I'm curious, like, what's the, what's kind of the number one thing that maybe they, they, they tell you, like, how, how do you feel like you're inspiring them? Are they, are, are you giving them an outlet to be themselves? What are the, what is the type of conversation um, that's happening? Well, I think I inspire them to, you know, be themselves and, you know, teach them that it's okay to, you know, do what you want as long as it's not hurting anyone. And I really just get a lot of messages saying, be yourself always, keep going, you're amazing. So all those like, you're amazing, keep going, just makes me want to keep going, you know? Yeah. This is what Liz tells me every day when I wake up. You got to keep going if I'm having a bad day. She just says, you got, you got to fight through it. I saw on your Instagram, you like the, I think it was the book, uh, Sissy Duckling. Am I right about that? And what about Sissy Duckling for you is, you know, I think the word sissy in the historical context is, can be derogatory against males specifically, you know, Mm -hmm. feminine, feminine males. Uh, What is it about you that you like about it or find inspiration in? Well, it ends with a good end um, and it starts out, you know, very like, emotional and it was made like a long long time ago I forgot maybe in the 70s 80s so it was like one of the first oh my god my birds are fighting it was one of the first like books about LGBTQ youth right oh wow I I actually don't think I knew that actually I didn't know that either I love it stop fighting (laughs) (laughs) what are your birds 
birds' names. I need to know the birds' names. Buster, Roscoe, Muggsy, Mabel, Molly, Max, and Violet. And Violet and one of the troublesome parallettes of Mabel are fighting. So I'm sorry about that. Oh, so you have like a lot you of birds. You have a lot of yeah. birds. Birds, yeah. I got I got I have to confess something, Desmond. I'm a little scared of birds. I don't blame you. They're bony and unpredictable. <laughs> We, and I just, I don't know what they're going to do next. You uh, know, Molly, a parallette, she's a little, she's like this big. She has a husband that's like this big. And whenever you go near her husband, she swoops down on you like she's going to like kill you. Well, because I know this, listen to this folks over here on the call. <laughs> listen, I know folks. that birds, they have, they mate for life. They have lovers for life. Some, some and of them. Some of them, true. And sometimes birds can have that feeling with humans. So like they're very protective and they love, yeah. you know what I mean? They're like in love, those kinds of feelings. Yeah, and also uh, Buster, he's a boy, but uh, budgie. And he likes to do naughty stuff around one of his other different species. Instead of Roscoe, who's the girl budgie, he goes to the parallel. Uh, uh, Mabel. It's like, why? It's not even the same species. You know, hey, because you got to let people be people here, Desmond. I mean, you, you like what you like. So, Desmond, you've done a lot of incredible things for really anyone, no matter how old they are, but you've done them kind of like real quick in life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Done a lot of public speaking. You've, you know, you're creating these things. You're doing a lot. How do you get up on stage and speak in front of thousands of people. Where do you get your confidence from? Well, I know I'm helping others. So that's the first uh, part. And the second part is, uh, well, I'm not shy. I've always been, you know, outgoing and I'm not nervous. Um, And I just feel like it's fun or, you know, I might, you know, make a difference. Sure. So it's really you're motivated by. Yeah, motivated. Yeah, you're motivated by your fans. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, it's it's all right. Jesus no, Christ, these birds are immature. <laughs> it's like dealing with. I love that you talk about your birds like they're kind of your own little kids. Like that's how Liz would talk to her dog. You know, she's just like, I have oh, to rav- babysit them half of the time. That's Liz with ravioli. Ravioli's her yeah. little dog. Uh, Desmond, be- to to Liz's point, though, you know, obviously any age, you know, it's just a number in a lot of ways. But you are quite accomplished early on in life in a way that I think is not average. You know, it's, it's kind of above average in a lot of people's lives. I'm curious for you as you mature, grow up, Mm -hmm. uh, go through all the stages of life, where do you ideally in your mind right now want to see drag go? You know, you're talking about drag race being a little boring. What do you want to see come out of the drag world? Well, I want to see more unique, uh, people, more unique shows about drag. Like, I want to, you know, see everyone doing drag because everyone can do drag no matter what what you identify as. So I just hope that drag hopefully gets like some more like there's a lot of unique people, but there can be more unique people. And I want to see more unique people in the drag community. Well, that's actually an incredible segue to a little game that we wanted to play with you that Mm -hmm. originated on this show with Alaska, who you might know from oh drag. So you say that you think everyone at, should be in drag and do some drag here and there. But if it's cool with you, I'd love to show you some people. And would you maybe make up 
a drag name for them just for fun? Yeah. Okay. The show is now going to progress to our favorite part, which is the game. And Desmond is amazing, is going to play the drag gag. All right, Desmond, we've got uh, Jojo Siwa on the screen. What is Jojo's drag name? Boella. Boella. <laughs> what is it? Boella, because he has a big bow. Oh, Boella. Boella. That is so smart. Okay. Jojo C was, would, would have that be her. Right All right. Okay. Next up The queen is herself. Queen herself, Beyonce. Uh, typical drag queen. That's her name is typical drag queen. Yeah. I mean, it's, Ooh. you know, makeup, like a, a dress. There's nothing like unique about it maybe except the earrings i kind of love that in this world that we're in beyonce is like basic like that i love this this is great this is the opposite of how she would be to a lot of people so this is perfect all right desmond please now give this gentleman on the screen a drag name old I like that the, now we've got one Desmond's name. delivery is so dry. I'm not sure you realize how funny you are. I am dying laughing. Okay, okay. so old. drag name we got is old, old. Typical drag queen and Boella. Boella. Boella's like winning. All right, what is Ariana Grande's drag name? The queen of uh, pop. Queen of pop. That's good. I like it. I like that. That's easy. And she is. I mean, she, yes, is. she is. Well, it yes. However, another good segue, Desmond, because what is Lady Gaga's drag name, which is kind of tricky because it's almost like she oh, has a drag name already. Well, can we do more of these? Because uh, this is kind of fun. But um, I think I would just leave her with the name Miss Gaga. Miss Gaga. OK, so she gets a little bit of a. OK, of well, a, that's what title. I had. Hold on. I, I can stop sharing and come up yeah, with a I couple mean, like, other <laughs> ones. Like, I don't know, Darren, ask a question while I, I do this really quickly. I got one who's also kind of Lady Gaga-ish in that way. Billie Eilish. Oh, eyelash. I, I mean, that kind of makes sense. I, that does make sense. I like you know eyelash. I mean? Yeah. Dial- no, it's a good play on words. Okay. Well, what about Darren Carp? What would you name Darren? I'll tell you this. Alaska is drag name for me mm-hmm. was Lisa new car. <laughs> so feel free to <laughs> go anywhere with this Desmond, whatever comes to mind. You can't offend me with the name. I, I am honored to be named by you is what I'm trying to say here. Okay. Um, Short hair and big forehead. <laughs> I'll take it. You know, the thing that's really incredible is I will take your sorry. brutal is the brutal honesty. It's I the just bru- I think it's really that <laughs> it for me. I think that's where it is. Well, wait, 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 wait. wait. We got to give Liz one. We got to give oh, Liz no. one. We got to give Liz one. I thought I could. It's get not off. fair. Just no, no chance. Dead eyes. Dead. <laughs> Desmond, I can't. You may be my favorite guest of all time. Oh might be my favorite guest of all time. This is amazing. Okay, this is the best. Well, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. Dead eyes. And I'm dead. You are. You're dead eyes. Oh god, that was a real good one, Desmond. Oh, before we let you go, before we let you go after this right. crazy journey we've been on, any of our listeners who haven't already heard of you, which I would be shocked if they hadn't, but if they haven't. Where can they follow you and support you and come to you for inspiration? Where, where can people follow you at? You can follow me at, on Instagram at Desmond is amazing. You can follow me on YouTube or Jesus Christ. Uh, you can uh, subscribe on YouTube. Desmond is amazing. Uh, add me on Snapchat. Desmond underscore amazing. <laughs> 
The birds don't want you to say this, do they, Desmond? The uh, birds do not want you to promote. Uh, Facebook Desmond is amazing and Twitter Desmond is amazing, but I'm mostly on Instagram. So go follow me on Instagram. Desmond is amazing. All lowercase. No, no spaces. No spaces. At Desmond is amazing. We are already following you. That's if right. you want to follow us, you can follow us at at S-I-A-T podcast. Darren is at Carpe Darren. I am at Listen to Liz. However, I potentially might be changing my name to at Dead Eyes. And Desmond, <laughs> I have to tell you, you really are an inspiration. You've been you so are. much fun to talk to today. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. And I can't wait to see what you continue to do in your life. Thank you. Thank you. You are welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hope you all have an amazing evening. You You as well. Thank you, Desmond. Bye. Bye. Scissoring Isn't a Thing is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson. The show is edited by Maureen Begas. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SIAT Podcast. See you next Tuesday.